Welcome to Voices from the Valley, a podcast of the Community Foundation for the Fox Valley Region. I'm Amy Spreeman. And I'm Carolyn DeRosiers. In the Fox Valley area, there are thousands of nonprofit organizations that serve our communities, providing resources, education, and more. One of the very oldest nonprofits in our area is turning 150 years wow. old. Can you imagine, Amy, what it was like living in the Fox Valley in 1872? Oh, without all of our technological advances and toys, we put, no, probably not. You know, it's hard for us to think about what that would be like. But the Outagami Pioneer Association began capturing that era in a way that would help us see, hear, and feel what that would have been like in those good old days. What? You've never heard of the Pioneer Association? Well, it eventually grew into the Outagami County Historical Society, and today it's better known as the History Museum at the Castle. The History Museum at the Castle is right downtown in Appleton on College Avenue near Lawrence University. And if you've never visited and never experienced the local history of the Fox Valley throughout the years, it's a must-do. It's truly a gem in our community, and the fact that the museum turns 150 years old this year is a pretty big deal. It really is, Carolyn. And a lot of people in our community not only enjoy the exhibits, they support the museum through donations and generous grants from funds they've set up here at the Community Foundation. We put a list of them in our program notes today. One of those is the Doug and Carla Salmon Foundation. We met up with Carla Salmon earlier this week, and she shared why she's passionate about the History Museum. History became important to me quite a few years ago when I started doing genealogy. And the community, as it stands now, knows very little about the history of Appleton and its founding. And I think that it's important to point those things out and to educate students and adults alike. The History Museum is in a unique position to do this kind of thing because they have all kinds of artifacts from way back. Um, and they have mounted uh, many smaller exhibits that use these artifacts and point out specific things, um, such as former industries that used to be here, um, the importance of certain cemeteries in the area, and the important people who have been buried in some of the cemeteries, uh, including the cemetery walks that they do in the summer. I don't know if people are involved with those or not, but um, it's a wonderful experience to take part in their cemetery walks. I was on the board of the History Museum for quite a few years, and um, I realized how important they were for all of these things. I think one of the important things that is going to be shown in this new exhibit that they are mounting is um, something about the indigenous people who lived here before we came. And I, I think that's so important. Um, and also some things about racial equity um, in view of what this community used to be and what this community is today. This week, the museum is quiet and closed temporarily while it is getting ready to invite visitors to its new Da Vinci exhibition, a hands-on exploration of the life and work of Leonardo da Vinci. He was known for famous paintings like The Last Supper and The Mona Lisa, which we've probably seen, but many don't know that he had more than 60 inventions and machines that he created, like the helicopter, submarine, crane, and more. 
Yeah, I didn't know that either, Carolyn. And like this exhibit, the History Museum has a unique way of bringing out our own history and its bygone eras back to life. We can never stop learning about our rich past through the many opportunities we have at the castle, from its cemetery tours to learning tricks from our famous Fox City's resident and escape artist, Harry Houdini, to programs for young people. We had a chance to meet up with the museum's executive director, Matt Carpenter, and its chief curator, Dustin Mack. Let's listen in on that conversation. Can you both introduce yourselves and uh, let us know who you are and what you do here at the museum? Sure. I'm Matt Carpenter. I'm executive director at the History Museum at the Castle. And I'm Dustin Mack. I'm the chief curator for the History Museum. Um, Let's talk a little bit about 150 years ago. What was going on in Appleton at the time, and why a a museum? Well, 150 years ago, I I think the people of Appleton were um, very self-consciously seeing um, that they were building a new community. And so they were looking at ways to tell their story to future generations. So I think it was a natural development to consider bringing people together who remembered the date, the earliest days of founding Appleton and Outagamie County and to try to preserve some of those stories and to build a foundation for the future so that um, the next generations would both appreciate the past but also be aware that what they were doing was influencing the future. And for people who are kind of newer to our community, how old is Appleton? Uh, When was it founded? Why here? I I imagine the Fox River had a little to do with it. Yeah, so Appleton was founded based on uh, the location of the Fox River, where ultimately Lawrence University was going to be situated. And so Reader Smith was an agent for uh, a man out east, and he was out scouting for land, looking for a place to, to set up a new community. And so he was doing that in the 1840s um, and then ultimately in 1856. 1846? 1846. Um, they settled on, on this location here of Appleton. So in, in a lot of ways, we were a planned community from the start. What went into that? I mean, I, you can just imagine you've got the college going in, you've got um, paper mills coming because the river was there. I, how how would you start a community from scratch, I wonder? Yeah, so Apple, there's a lot of things that go into the creation of a community. It wasn't necessarily unique that people were going you know, to the West in this time in American history. A lot of people were moving you know, across the continent and intentionally setting up new communities. So in that way, Appleton was one of many that were being formed that way. And a lot of times what people were looking for is access to water and water power in particular. So prior to cars and airplanes and all that sort of thing, rivers were the highways of, of North America. And so this that played into the location of Appleton. Also, the drop in the elevation of the river played a big part to it. So people were getting more 
um, technology that could be used for, for water power to drive mills and that sort of thing. And the, the fall in the river as it goes from Oshkosh ultimately up to Green Bay created a tremendous amount of energy. And so the early settlers in Appleton saw that as an asset for the community and something that they could harness and use to power the factories and everything that they were hoping to build in the future. And, and there's an element specific to Appleton. It's not, again, entirely unique to Appleton, but um, there was from the very beginning uh, an idea that they would use education as the, the building block for the community. So the, the close title, Lawrence University, and the idea that having um, educational opportunities for people in the West would create strong civic environments that would allow people to flourish. I like that you use the word flourish because that's part of what the Community Foundation is all about. And we're a fairly new organization, but we've been a longtime supporter of the History Museum. Can you, either of you, talk to that partnership? So the uh, Community Foundation and the History Museum have um, go back to the very beginning for the Community Foundation because, uh, as I understand it, we were the first agency fund at the Community Foundation. And... You know, it was Walter Ruglin Sr. Who, whose idea it was, and it, t- it took off in 1986. And then there were people like um, Doug and Mert Ogilvy, Nels and Elizabeth Miller, who right away saw the value of, of creating funds that would sustain, um, you know, sustain the organization in the future. So, so we were fortunate, very fortunate to be the earliest agency fund. And it's just, um, it's been you know, a game changer for what was, um, you know, we were a small organization. We were primarily volunteer at that time, and it has allowed the organization in, in Doug and Mert's vision to to professionalize and to, to do the kind of building block things that, that creates a strategy for the future rather than just um, relying on um, good luck. I want to talk about the the strategy for the future because we think of the History Museum as looking backward, but you're actually looking forward. Yeah, that's important to look forward in everything that you do. And so the reason that we study history is to learn about ourselves in the present and hopefully inform our decisions going forward. And so we very strategically think about the exhibits that we're going to bring in, the programming that we do, the way that we're trying to reach people and the influence that we have. If we're strictly looking in the past and we're stuck there, you, you become irrelevant and people don't, don't need you anymore. And you, you're really of, of very little use, right? It's antiquarianism. So it's this hit study of kind of just old things, and it doesn't help you understand the why and the how. And what's made the History Museum successful for 150 years is that we have been forward thinking and, and looking to the future and using the past to inform our decisions, think about who we are now and who we want to be going forward. Such a great perspective. So talk to us about the current state, the museum's place in this community and the valued treasure that it is. Uh, you know, people might drive by down College Avenue and might think, oh, that's interesting. There's a, there's a museum there. What is it about this particular museum that, uh, that really kind of solidifies who we are as Fox Valley residents? The thing that I think makes the History Museum important to the community and that we hear you know, from, from visitors who stop in is that 
we represent the entire community. So we're not just thinking about the early pioneers or people from the 1950s or 60s. We really want to be a place where everybody feels welcome, where everybody's history is represented, that when you come into these doors, you're welcome and you see yourself reflected in the exhibits that we have and the programming, the things that you engage in here. And so really becoming um, a living, thriving institution and not just something that is stuck in the past and, and geared to kind of the earlier residents, whatever, however you might want to define that. And I, I think, too, one of the hallmarks that people recognize that um, maybe differentiates us from other organizations of our size and of our type is that we were, I'd say, pretty much leaders in telling a local story uh, um, but touching on very challenging issues. And I think that it has resulted in a huge degree of both appreciation and respect in the community that um, people appreciate um, avoiding the nostalgia, but looking at the real history and the real history from various perspectives so that w we can we can have an honest conversation about how we got here and what's going to suit the community in the future. So, so that kind of, and you know, the challenging things are things like um, uh, African-Americans being excluded um, from our community in the 1920s and things like that. Um, you know, there, there are people who maybe would be happier if those conversations weren't had, but um, ultimately it pays, pays off um, to be willing to have those conversations. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about examples of that because I think when people look backward, they think, oh, life was great. It was so much better than today because history has a way of kind of candy coating things, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, an example of, of one of the first conversations that I was involved in that was quite challenging was coming to the community as, a, as an outsider and then learning the close tie to Joseph McCarthy and McCarthyism. And, you know, people come to that part of our nation's history um, pretty much you're on one side of the fence or the other side. But it was interesting for me to see um, there there were still people living and, and people who who saw that there was there was a reason why this community supported McCarthy and and we're willing to look past his his methods. So, you know, it it makes a person think, you know, a bit more than than uh, they would otherwise. We we really do a disservice to ourselves in the present if we try to sugarcoat the past and see it as, you know, there were fewer problems then, things were better, the the good old days mentality because it makes the challenges that we're facing in the present feel insurmountable, that we're not up to the task. But if you look at the past in a realistic perspective and you understand, here were the challenges they were facing, here's where they succeeded, here's where they failed, then we can take that into our own lives and think about how, how we might want to approach the problems that we're facing, how we might do things better, but also accept the times when we fail and know that the next generation will ultimately try to do better than we did. We're going to take a brief time out and be right back.
The Community Foundation for the Fox Valley Region is a great resource for making a local impact while simplifying your charitable giving through a tax-deductible charitable fund. Perhaps you're passionate about certain organizations or want to support causes such as education or pets at the animal shelter, or you're interested in addressing the greatest needs of the community. When you partner with us, we'll share our local knowledge so that you can make a difference today and always. Learn more at cffoxvalley.org. Do you want to make a difference in your community, but not sure how or where to start? Do you feel strongly about a cause or an organization that touched your life or the life of a loved one? Want to help students attend college? Or perhaps you want to create a legacy and inspire others to give. The Community Foundation for the Fox Valley Region is a great partner to help you make an impact now and for future generations. By simplifying your giving and helping you establish a tax-deductible charitable fund, you can set it up with cash, stocks, property, or IRAs, and you can do that now or in your will. It's easy. We share our knowledge and help you not only to make a difference today, but always. Count on us to understand the important community issues and help you consider effective ways to ensure our community is a special place for all to live, work, and grow. Because together, we flourish. With a fund at the Community Foundation for the Fox Valley Region, you can support causes important to you. Join others and learn how you can make a difference at cffoxvalley.org. Hi, I'm Kurt Dachin, President and CEO of the Community Foundation, and I just want to wish a very happy birthday, 150 years of our history museum at the castle. Uh, I think about the wonderful stories and the preservation of our, our collective story here in the Fox Valley area, and I know there are exciting things on the horizon, lots of ways that you're going to be doing wonderful things to inspire, educate, and have us honor the past while we imagine and create the future. So for all you do, for all you've been doing for so many years, I really want to say congratulations and thank you for all of it. We are back with part two of our conversation with the History Museum's Executive Director, Matt Carpenter, and its Chief Curator, Dustin Mack. Um, well, now it's time to talk about how we're celebrating your birthday. Um. So to celebrate the museum's 150th anniversary, we've got a number of things planned. Um, in February, which was the actual month that the organization was founded, we hosted um, an open house for the community, three days. Um, we waived admission. We had goodies in the lobby, and people were, were welcome to come in and check out everything that the museum has to offer. We've got special walking tours planned this summer that's going to focus specifically on 150 years ago when this organization was founded and what the community looked like then and actually walk the streets and and think about what it felt like to be in Appleton at that time. And our biggest announcement is that we're going to be hosting a nationally traveling exhibition called Da Vinci, The Exhibition. And this is a blockbuster exhibit that has toured the country and we are just thrilled to have it here in Appleton. How long will it be here? The exhibit will open on April 20th, and it will run through September 19th. So we've got the whole summer for people to come out and, and take advantage of this exhibit. Why Da Vinci? What, what was special about this, um, this exhibit? What makes Da Vinci special is he is a true Renaissance man. So you think about the Renaissance and the re-enlightenment of culture. You've got art. Um, inventions, science, everything that goes into that. And now today in our, in our language, we use, uh, you know, you're a Renaissance person, meaning you're well-rounded. 
And that's really what the Fox Cities are. So we've always been interested in education, as Matt said earlier. We've always been uh, interested in technology. We've been really um, interested in the arts as of late, in the Performing Arts Center, and Mila Music, and all the public uh, murals that are going up. And Da Vinci really captures all of that. So he was a painter. He was a sculptor. He was an inventor. He was a scientist. And so... His, his spirit, his aura kind of resonates with residents of the Fox City. And I think that's why people are really drawn to this exhibit and why they'll come out and see it. One thing that I think is important for people to understand about the History Museum is that we are here to serve the community. And it's the community that ultimately supports this organization and allows us to continue. So we have endowments at the Community Foundation that provide you know, a, a portion of our budget. Another portion comes from admissions. People pay admission to come to the museum and that goes into supporting exhibits, but it also helps to maintain the building and the collections and everything else that we do. And then donations from, from community members and from our members um, here at the museum that contribute on an annual basis. All of that working together helps us do what we do. And without the community, we wouldn't be able to, to do that. And we ultimately wouldn't be here. The Community Foundation for the Fox Valley region fosters opportunities for the community to invest in itself. They do this by creating and managing a variety of charitable funds, more than 1,700 altogether, which provide grants to hundreds of local charities and nonprofit organizations every year. We're very fortunate to have a gem like the Community Foundation in the Fox Valley. Learn how you, your family, or business can make a difference at www.cffoxvalley.org. Thank you. That's going to wrap up our program for today. We hope you enjoyed it. You can learn more by going to cffoxvalley.org. Look for our podcast link on the homepage, and then look for today's episode titled Historical Gem. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe to this podcast and get all of our episodes delivered to you on demand, sent to your computer or smart device. We'll see you next time on Voices from the Valley, a podcast of the Community Foundation for the Fox Valley Region. Mm-hmm.